Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. This is episode 41 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets with... Well oiled machine. Co-host Catherine Brandt. I'm just jumping in. Andy Bernard. Melissa Bernard. Oh, is it my turn? Special guest (laughs) phoning in from the wilds of Eden Prairie. (laughs) Or somewhere like that. Michelle Pivoya. And we'll be right back after this important announcement. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Why are you playing Because I'm Easy? Is Doug easy? <laughs> well, I have been married Maybe three times. There you go. There it is. My wife's listening. Can I stay at your place tonight? <laughs> Oops, sorry. We're real, I'm very excited to welcome our guest, Michelle Tafoya, to Car Selling Secrets. We've been... Trying to get her on, I think, uh, since the fall, and she's got some weird weekend job where she kind of takes a lot of her time, but she's got a little break now. Lame. Michelle, Lame. Uh, as a car selling secrets <laughs> tradition, before we get started, we'd like you to tell the story about the very first car you ever owned. And if it's not a great story, just lie. That's what most of the guests have done. Okay. Well, the first car, I, I, my parents actually owned it, but they got it for me to go to and from college. It, the color was once described to me as artificial limb colored. So try to picture that. Oh, pretty. You know, it was very, um, yeah, tr- kind of skin color, kind of not. It was a Ford Mustang II, and it was very ugly. And uh, But it did the job, but I, I just kept forgetting to change the oil in it. And uh, so oh, at one point, the, yeah, it, it burned out. My dad got oh. really angry with me, and we gave it to my cousin to fix and never saw it again. Uh, you know, my stepdad had, I think, that exact car, because the Mustang II was, like, pretty much the worst Mustang ever made. They were made from, I think, 74 through 78, and it was basically a Ford Pinto with a different body on them. They were really, yeah. really slow, but the good thing is they were unreliable. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> That was the one thing you could rely on, yep. that they were unreliable. Yep. Oof. So and now you're rolling around, and I, I don't want to tell people what you're driving. I actually happen to know. So you um, don't know. I don't think you do know. Uh, did you trade, or are you still driving no. the Volvo? I'm still driving the Volvo. See, I know. I keep you track know. of potential that customers. That is scary. That's kind of spooky. 
I, you'd realize I sell cars for a living. It would be like you saying, yeah, Tom Brady's still pretty good. Oh, okay. I mean, All right. it's kind of my profession. Oh. What? It's kind of mean, because he's not. <laughs> he's. We'll see. Okay, let's not. I don't want to talk football because the Vikings are out and it's boring. <laughs> exactly. I did want to ask Michelle to talk about something, and I emailed her to see if this would be okay. I said, you know, we can talk about whatever you guys want, but one of the things that you've talked about a Occasionally on the KQ Morning Show is something interesting because uh, your husband and I and you and my wife share something that's really kind of weird. Your husband and I both have the yips as baseball players. We can't throw a baseball accurately. And right. both you and my wife suffered from uh, eating disorders as teenagers. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't know and really don't talk about it. If, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little about how that affected you and, and what happened. First, I'll just say what's affecting me right now is why are guys who can't throw a baseball attracted to women who used to have eating disorders? That's I, that is weird. really That's weird. Maybe we could start a club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or vice versa. Why, you know, I think it's because we're all screwed up at a certain uh, level. But, yeah, I was probably 13 years old. Um, had all, I was the youngest of four kids and had always been called chubby. And I grew up in Manhattan Beach, where every summer girls were in their bikinis all over the beach. And I was very embarrassed and shy and not comfortable in my own skin. And this, there came a point that I remember it really well. We had taken a long weekend and gone skiing, which I was terrible at. And as we were driving down the mountain, as we always did, leaving Mammoth Mountain in California, we went by this bakery called Shots Bakery, and everyone would get a you know, a donut or a whatever, a bear cloth. And I said, I'm not getting one. And I remember that moment so, so succinct or so clearly because it, to me, it marked the beginning of this, uh, I'm not going to eat anymore. (laughs) And immediately, probably within a couple of months, I just dropped 30, 35 pounds. And I was, I was ridiculously skinny. I was about five foot six and I weighed about 85 pounds. Oh, jeez. And was yeah, pretty skeletal. Sh- yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> and uh, worse than anything, um, and I'm very fortunate that I came out of it healthy, uh, yes. at least in body. But <laughs> my poor well, parents. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> healthy in mind is another thing, as Tom well knows. But um, it scares the hell out of my parents, and I, I still carry a, a certain amount of guilt about that. Yeah, it's. I haven't read much about it, but it predominantly it affects teenage girls. Is that right? Predominantly, um, there are some men that it affects, and some women who it affects when they get older. And I, I'll tell you something: I can spot it a mile away now because I'm so familiar with what it looks like and what it. Right. You can just sense it, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen an anorexic woman who is older but at that point there's almost no turning back and the thinness it just looks so unhealthy and and i mean really kind of skeletal and you can tell because it's often a woman who clearly of means i mean she's not like she's starving it's just that she won't eat and um so yeah it's there are a number of things about it it happens to women who, um, young women who feel that's the only thing they can control in their lives, and so they want control, 
And so that's the thing that they grab control of. Well, I can control my eating, I can control my dieting, my, my exercise, and how skinny I get. And so, you know, and then there's Karen Carpenter who died. Sure, yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine had a good friend who she had no idea that she had an anorexia problem, like, lifelong. And all of a sudden, her friend just died. Oh. And she was just, what What happened? What happened? And it was because I, apparently all systems just shut down because she had yep. been starving herself for so many years. Her body just stopped working. One organ fails and the rest follow. Jeez. Yeah. 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 And, oh, and she was a really so good friend of hers and had no idea. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, Interesting. it's hard to imagine that you wouldn't know, although I suppose... If you're good at it, you can hide it, or you know, you sure. mix in that bulimia where you maybe you go out to eat with mm. a friend, and then the next thing you know, you're puking it up in the next room. But uh, so that's another part of it is that bulimia, and um, so it's it's it's. Look, I, I, I the, these days there are so many more advancements in terms of identifying it and treating it. And when, <laughs> when my mom finally took me to see the doctor, he looked at me and he said. You need to eat more. Go to McDonald's. You know, it's, <laughs> oh, my God. So kind of, you know, and that was very difficult. But I did, for me, what turned the, um, what sort of switched in my mind was I started to lose my hair. And I had really uh, long, those were the days, girls, of long and silky, if you remember those commercials. And I had long and silky hair, and it started to just fall out in clumps. You were brown-haired Marsha Brady, in other words. <laughs> Kind of like that. I had Marsha Brady hair. It was very popular back then. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, God. it was. But uh, when it started to fall out and I noticed how thin my hair had gotten, that scared the hell out of me, and and I got back on track. So, Is this okay. something that you learned? You, you you didn't instinctively do that, did the, did this, right, or do that? You you Did somebody tell you about it, or did you just think, I'm fat, I'm just not going to eat? It's a great question because I also have this memory of sitting with my friend, Jenny Zaccaro, who was naturally thin, was a little gymnast, but she was my dear friend. And we read about anorexia in like Tiger Beat magazine or Teen or one of those magazines. And I said to her, gosh, I wish I could get this, but not for a long time. Yeah, because <laughs> oh, I, I, I was so self-conscious of my weight. I really was. And. And so, yeah, you get to that those teen years where it, you're you're very, you know, you're insecure. You're you're comparing yourself to everyone. And so, I just yeah, I just stopped eating and I started. I I, I mean, I'd exercise. I'd go in our backyard and just run circles around this little backyard, and it, it was crazy. You know, you brought up. I would like that to I point want. out. Uh, go ahead, Tom. I just want to pick one thing very quickly. Uh, I have a bottle of Perrier L'Orange that I've been drinking, and I was taking a big pull out of it when she said, and then you just puke it out. <laughs> like, Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> Thank especially you Especially with so the bubbles. Right. Especially with the bubbles. Especially with the bubbles. That yeah, helps. exactly. I lived with a bulimic person. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, for a year and a half. Oh, yeah, and that was interesting because it was one of those things where it was like, I think she might be bulimic but then you don't want to think and you don't want to go up to somebody that's right. not bulimic and be like are you bulimic right. but then it became like blatantly obvious and she would like only eat air popped popcorn and then do uh, all of her oh homework God. on a treadmill oh. and yeah like yeah. 
it was a lot. And then, you know, we'd go out to dinner for celebrations of like somebody's birthday. And like after eating every single time, she'd leave. And we found out that she had a toothbrush in her purse. And so it was just like oh, very, very God. obvious that she was bulimic. And then Dan's college girlfriend had bulimia and anorexia and then there's now there's exercise anorexia where you just work out constantly yep. and then there's also yeah. and then there's also orthorexia which I was like pretty close to getting I was like on the line which is obsession with healthy eating so right. it's not calorie restriction or anything but it's like you know looking at every label of everything you eat and and not... you consider yourself cured to that yes yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, don't read, I don't read every label oh, to everything okay, that I I'm eat. Okay, Well, that's a good. What's the that's call? important. That's a good. I read labels to some things, and I don't. There are certain things that I do avoid, like I don't eat artificial dyes if I can. But it's like I eat plenty of sugar, and I don't. I'm, I don't obsess over it. I still have. That's that's the difference. Yeah, that's. It's, I have. Like, I have a very healthy relationship with food now. I believe, and it's yeah, it's the obsession, and that it takes over every. Exactly. Interaction you have with food. I have, a, yeah. I have a question, and this is for all the women on the show. Uh, my daughter is 16, and, and it's, I'm, I'm certain she's not anorexic, but you talk about lack of confidence, and I think that's harder for teenage girls than it is for teenage boys. And I've oh, seen God, a huge yes. personality shift in her after she went through the first change. You know, because as a kid, she was like life of the party. She would constant. She run around. Actually, Michelle, like a sideline reporter, she'd interview people in the family from when she was five. She'd pick up something, pretend it was a microphone, and oh, occasionally cute. she'd e even interview herself. So, <laughs> Eleanor, uh, how are you finding the Telecaster Movie Awards? Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. And now, of course, <laughs> she's funny. more of a sullen teenager, which I guess is part of it. But oh, happened to me. But her confidence that breaks my heart. I know it, it, it breaks it, my heart because girls. As well. Girls a lot of times seem to just go radio silent for a year or two. I, I One of my nieces, who now is a nonstop chatterbox, I don't think she said a word for two years. Really? I, I think it, yeah, I think they're so, so, so afraid of, <laughs> of embarrassing themselves or saying the wrong thing or looking stupid or whatever that they just won't even participate. It's terrible. Yeah, I, and that's what I see in her. Although she's not reclusive, she's big in speech and debate, which is verbal competition. But she's so, you know, if she gets an A minus, the world's coming to an end. It's she's just, just like, really hard just, on herself. Yeah, it's hard on yeah. herself, and I think it's, you know, it's a, a self security issue. I think. I oh yeah. Know. Well, I think it is worth paying attention to, though, because those perfectionist qualities often lead to other things, and that's what I can say too. Is and I've always been extremely hard on myself that way and a perfectionist in many ways and so doug i don't know if you're that way or if your wife is oh, that God. way uh no i'm totally the opposite in fact i'm i'm, I'm afraid to get a 23 and me test because she might not be my kid <laughs> i'm oh, kidding my i'm God. just kidding it's a joke yeah she Jeez. looks just like you but other than a that. little bit yeah well, and michelle you you heard how he introduced the whole show so Perfectionism yeah. is not his thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a good oh, point. Wow. I, I should have picked up on Kathy. that. Low blow. <laughs> it's one take no matter what. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we got to take a break here in about a minute, but I just have one question along these lines. So what's it like being Spanish? Thank it's, you very much. It's muy bien. Muy, muy bien. 
Muy, muy bien, baby. Actually, That's what Tom, you wanted, I know. Tom, if we could keep, she's got a hard stop in about four minutes, so if we could go a little bit what? over. What? She oh, sugar apparently has more away. to do than hang out with she's you and talk about football. Do. Nothing. Although, this has been fun. It's making me want to cancel my appointment, but I can't. What appointment? H&R Block? i got to get my shoes no, shined. TurboTax. TurboTax. <laughs> I'm not going to divulge my appointment to you because you'll find, you know, you'll find something about it to make fun of. So probably a manicure that. or Actually, something. I got some bad news no, for you. No, no, no. I, some... I already had a manicure. This okay, perfect. Oh, boy. <laughs> I got some bad news for you, Michelle. What's that? And I and I have no idea where you live. I kind of know where you live, but I think we're going to be neighbors in about a month. <laughs> so now, you have you guys about. sold your place? Yes, well, functionally. It's pending. Well, it's pe- well yes, yeah, for three weeks. We're three weeks from closing. Wow. Okay, so that's a good thing. And then, are you? Is it because you're downsizing now that your kids are out of the yes. house? That's correct. Yes. And to be exactly. closer to the grandchildren. Well, I mean, we've been out of yes, the house for, what, 10 helpful. years? But, you know. Hey, More M- than 10. Michelle, well, I just you... looked around one day and said, wow, we have a lot of rooms we haven't even walked yeah. into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In years. Yeah. Michelle, if you're, <laughs> so, free, if you're free Saturday afternoon, head on over there. Alex is going to let us raid the wine cellar. Yeah. But don't tell Tom or Catherine. already took all of it it's out. Been raided. Damn it. I already yeah. took all it's the wine. It's already wines, under so lock and key away from you. Good luck to you, Bill. There that is. could have been a great fundraising opportunity. You're right. I would have bid on some of that stuff. There is some oatmeal go. in the basement <laughs> that's been there for yes, about oatmeal. eight years. Great. It so might still be yeah, left behind. And there's <laughs> beer. There's I think beer. I actually God, threw that, that beer is ancient. I don't even know how old No, it isn't. I bought the oh, beer not. for the Smile Network party. Oh, oh that's not the beer that you bought that was sitting there no. for like six years? Yeah. No, dear. No. Anyway, Michelle's no, not. Michelle, <laughs> before, you, before you have to go, I, I wanted to thank you for being on the show and being willing to talk about this stuff. I do, in all seriousness, I think it's really important that people hear these stories. Yes. I, I agree, and, and keep telling them, and um, yeah, and if you even think someone has an issue, I would say just don't worry about what they think of you if you bring it up, because it it does very often take intervention yeah. to get someone to get help, and, it's, and, and you might regret it if you don't. I'd like to point out that my life is, is a misery because I just got a text message from a, uh, uh, one of our listeners, and I can just read it to you if you want, Michelle. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, your long and extended radio career. Who's the greatest guy you ever worked with in radio? Someone's asking me that? Yes. Well, can I say Doug Sprinthal? Yes! Yes! I I knew it. Get you out of that Volvo into something nice. Uh, it's a big old discount on a car for you. Free tire rotation. I get teed up once again. Typical. Yep. You brought it on That's yourself, bud. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, apparently. Oh, I got to read one thing to you before you go because I think you'll yeah. like this. Because he's a good friend of mine and just a great guy. Uh, it was revealed by the Star Tribune today that Mike Lindell is considering running for governor in two years. And I didn't know anything about that. He didn't, I have, really? he didn't even mention it to me, but he's thinking about running for governor. Mm. And there was a comment that was sent to me by a listener. Well, that's great, but I'm holding out for Phil Swift, the Flex Seal guy. <laughs> <laughs> Got a hole in the federal budget? <laughs> 
Well, we'll seal oh. it up with Flex Seal. Is he the guy that sprayed the screen and turned it into a boat? Yeah, yeah. That's Phil Swift. Yeah, oh, that's who we want for. That is Isn't that the greatest? I'm holding up for Phil Swift. That's perfect. <laughs> All right, we'll go back to bed because I know that's what you're going to do. No, it's not. I am off you're and about. You're a disaster. Great all right. To well, thank to you for doing. I miss you guys. Miss you too. It's Th- good to talk to you. Good Thanks, to hear Michelle. your voice. Bye. Bye. Bye, Michelle Tafoya, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? (laughs) Real nice. Chuck Nabla. (laughs) Chuck Nabla. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Five seconds ago. It was raining yesterday. Here. It was. Indeed, it was. Fawn was like, it's raining. raining. Fawn was like, it's raining. It's not supposed to rain in winter. (laughs) She's right. It's true. It's weird. That was exciting. Week. I had to I talk to Michelle for 20, 25 minutes and didn't talk about sports once. Yeah, no, no, that's yeah. exactly right. That's or exactly cars. right. Or cars. Yeah, well, a minute on cars, but oh, that was well, about yeah, it. I suppose. And yeah, at the, the end, I did. I, I did not know she had anorexia. I never even knew I, that. That's what I she, said during the break. I was she like, mentioned I it once or twice, and I think the first time I heard her say something about it was in the old studio because yeah. she was on this podcast yeah. for what about six months or so. Yes, yeah, we, we talked about it a long time ago, well, a while back. I've actually lost friends over Michelle Tafoya talking <laughs> to them about their eating disorders. And, oh, really? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because I never heard of eating disorders until I was in my twenties. So I think that there was some sort. Of course, I, you know, I'm not saying this because oh, you know, I'm so wonderful, but I was well, super I thin. As a child yeah. and a teenager. Oh, oh me you mean when I met you and you weighed so, about four pounds? So I never had to think about my weight, to tell you the truth. But um, I don't know. I don't remember anybody in high school having 
an eating disorder. And I remember, I think I was 26 or something, and somebody said, "Do you, did you ever have an eating disorder? And I said, what's an eating disorder? And they were like, what do you mean, what's an eating disorder? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And then they told me all about it because she had one. And then after she told me about it, I started hearing all kinds of people having them. So I, I don't know if it was like a an actress or I think the first somebody time that brought this in. To Karen the, Carpenter was the one that put it on my radar. I'd never heard anything about it, and I don't remember when. When did Karen Carpenter die? Oh, a long oh, time ago. Now. Was it the late seventies or early eighties? She died in eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. So she died. You of want to hear a quick anorexia? story? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she did. Yep. Heart failure. Heart failure. And she was arms. about 70 pounds. Ooh. I was in the record business at that time. Well, I just gotten out of the record business because I left in 82. I left Capitol in 1982. And she died a year later. And I knew the guy that did uh, the la- What label were they on? I don't even remember. I want to say Arista for some on? reason. But... I think that's right. So it would have been Tom Gorman. Oh. Because yeah, Gorman was the uh, Arista rep. He calls me and he goes, oh, my God. And I said, what's the matter? He said, I just went up to Karen Carpenter's room. She, she weighs about, like, 70 pounds. I said, what? And I had brought up some flowers for her. And in the flowers, there was a little box of candy that I didn't even know about. It came with the flowers, right? right? that happens sometimes, yep. She lit him up, I guess, like a Christmas tree. Oh, boy. Get that garbage away from me. You're a horrible human being. <sighs> I guess you would. And she died a few days later, one oh. long after well, that. Well, when you're that. She couldn't even look at food. Yeah, when you're that small, it's like a very, very serious mental illness. It's <sighs> too well. bad. I don't think the double standard for women's weight has shifted that much. I think no. certain cultures it has. It's gotten better. It's definitely better, yeah, but it's st- still not. You see more representations great. of regular bodies than you did, but it's oh, still yeah. not. Well, Target has plus-size models all over the place now. Mm-hmm. They do, indeed. Mm-hmm. I will yeah. say this. Uh, the thing that drove her to that, and I do know that story, once again, because in the record business, the reason she developed that eating disorder is because so many people in the press, and I don't know why they did this to her, but they would they would write stories about the carpenters and, and, and write things like, it's too bad her her brother is prettier than she is. Uh, oh, oh, God. They always talked about how uh, that they, and she wasn't a homely woman. She wasn't all that great looking, but she, she was wasn't homely. Nice for a drummer. Looking, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, for a drummer, God. yes. That's she a say. fact. No, she, act, I mean, yeah. she was a pretty good drummer, actually. Yeah, she was. Hell of a singer. Great singer. Yep. Great singer. But, you know, people, when you're that successful, people have to drag you down. They have to try to drive their uh, heel into your back. Oh, yeah. Well, and, look and at they Adele. Did it to her. Adele, the same Adele, thing. Adele, same thing. Yeah, that's what, right. That cover of, what was it, Vogue or one of those fashion magazines, they had her look like a a monster because they were trying yeah. to make her face thinner with all this contouring and yep. all this lighting, and she looked awful. That's that's yeah, one of the true. things I kind of like about Lizzo. She gets right out there and says, if you don't say, like it, F you. Yeah, Lizzo <laughs> was just on the cover of something like L or something. And I saw somebody had commented with, it was like, Lizzo, you need to eat a salad and like vomiting emojis. Like, oh, that's from, nice. But then, on this, but, but then on this person's Instagram, it was a picture of her and it was like, every woman should love her body just for what it is. It's like, and you're oh shouting God. at Lizzo to eat a salad with barf emojis? Okay. That's like such, I don't know. Other women are 
part of, a big part of the reason that oh. people oh, have. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they well, it was like, mostly women that yeah, most mostly women that went after Karen Carpenter. Well, and it's like I follow an account on Instagram that the woman, it's a couple, they're engaged and the woman is very thin. She was a model and now she's like a comedian on Instagram. And they posted a video the other day of the the guy saying, "Oh, you look extra skinny today." Saying that that was, uh, you know, like a, a huge compliment. She was like, what do you mean extra skinny? What did I look like yesterday? Was I bigger oh yesterday? God. Like all this stuff. And I was like, this is so horrible. I was like, this is just ridiculous. And she's so, so, so thin, which it's, I don't know. I have a friend that was anorexic when she was eight. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. And she was an extremely thin eight-year-old, too. Like not because of anorexia. And she's, as an adult now, she's my age, still very thin. Not doesn't she of... see the? Sorry. Doesn't she see the kind of weird uh, time of life? You should not stop eating when you're eight. You know what I mean? Well, that, I don't know. Where does an eight-year-old even get that in her head? Well, but it is so many. I you're mean, eight. I, I think of so many things. It's like from when you're pregnant in women. It's you know how much weight did you gain? How big do they say the baby is? How big was the baby oh, when the yeah. baby was born? Oh, it's a chunky baby, and oh, they're this size, and blah blah blah. And fawn is so small, and everyone talks about how small, small fawn is all the time. It's like everybody's constantly talking about everybody's size. It's like yeah, well, that's quit because. It. <laughs> Weight is one of the biggest killers of Americans right now, so people overreact. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but it's just like, why does everybody have to constantly talk about every? I don't know, like fun because and ev- they they want they Sorry. want to make sure that you're not comfortable in your own skin. They that. want to be a victim, and by picking on you, I don't know how that makes them a victim. Everybody wants to be a victim. I don't get that. As I said, if if you victimize me, I would never claim to be a victim because it just gives you more power. No way would I do that. It's a big mistake. I know one of the things that I I really like our pediatrician, but when Sofan lost over a pound between eighteen months and two years, and mm-hmm. the way that he dealt with that, I was like very happy with. It made me like him that much more because he was like, I have a feeling that she's just the kind of kid that eats and burns it off at the same time you know she just never she stops sure moving does. which she does <laughs> she and he's sure like does. but if That's she continues she was like but if she continues to lose weight or isn't gaining any weight then we might have to run some thyroid tests or whatever but he's like we'll just cross that bridge when we get to it where i feel like other right. pediatricians would be like she's not supposed to be losing weight this young and are you feeding her and blah 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 like i don't know and it was a really big concern of mine for a really long time because i was just like you know kids aren't supposed to lose weight when they're not even two yeah but i don't know it's hard and i think about that with fawn too because she is such a small kid and i'm like Mm -hmm. is she going to think her whole life that she needs to be tiny because that's how she Uh, was sarah's youngest liam was always a shrimp i mean he was the smallest kid in his grade up until i think last year and he put on like eight inches in a year oh jeez. now he's towering over sarah i mean you know he's he's never going to be super tall i think he's probably 5'10 but mm. it, it happens you know it's... yeah that's how i was when i was in like sixth grade i was like five foot you know something and i probably weighed 80 pounds yeah you, you know. grew like six inches in a summer yeah but yeah. i got the way i ate i don't know how i didn't gain weight i just didn't yeah, we yeah. just have tell me about intense. it. Yeah, I we just remember. Have very intense. Well, that's super, I go to make dinner and he's eaten all the ingredients. 
<laughs> I'm like, but yeah. where's the blood? I would just keep going to the pantry and be like, oh, a bag of pine nuts, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, everything. He still does that. He's a grazer. That's true. I do. He's a locust. He's a locust. Well, and I feel like women go through such different, I, and why I think yeah. eating disorders are so prominent in teenage girls is you go through such different body changes than teenage boys because teenage boys just typically get taller and that's it whereas there's teenage... a couple other changes teenage <laughs> well, boys go I mean, through well, but i mean yeah. like visually yeah. Size, yeah, yeah visually speaking why is he spending all this time in the shower yeah honey yeah, you get acne getting very and you clean. get taller but like for and hair girls it's like hair. you get wider hips and you get boobs and you have to like shave your legs and it's like a whole thing and then also when women have babies you know your body your skeletal structure changes and so i guess a lot of women have a hard time after they have kids with eating and diet and stuff like that because it's like oh well you physically have a different body than you used to mm-hmm. it's just not going right. to go back to the same and so many people you know are like get your body back and it's just not possible but also i think like women when they're teenagers right we're watching us we don't really shoot up like we no. we have a yeah. gradual yes, it's much more that's gradual. less it's more subtle right. um mm-hmm. of growing so i think women also they they're seeing all these boys that all of a sudden are skinnier and taller in a summer yep like you said i mean that that's like so i mean that's like the most common thing for boys is mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're short and stubby and then boom they're tall and skinny mm-hmm. so it's like we're seeing that as teenagers so we're like well why can't we have that same effect yeah <laughs> like a lot of women are i think think that they they don't get to do the same thing yeah and that's just a part yeah. of genetics yeah it's so. true ah uh, being a woman such joy <laughs> yeah, Doug. I enjoy being a girl. Come on, it was a fun <laughs> conversation. Speaking of good conversation. great People singers, um, have you seen this documentary about Linda Ronstadt? Mm-mm. No. You should watch yeah. it. It's, yeah. fat, it's really, really good. And it's she uh, owned the world for a while. Yeah, oh, yeah, she was. And a it's great big deal. Uh, and and it's really a almost a two hour long interview with her. Although they interview everybody else and. The archival footage is really, really good. You know, a lot of these people, before they became famous, there's not much, but they've got all the clips from uh, the Troubadour with the band behind her that went on to become the Eagles. You know, it's Don Henley is a 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. He still kind of looks like a dick. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> Don oh, yeah. has that face. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He's a jerk. Mm. He is a jerk. Poor Don. Poor. You ever talked to him? I have never spoken to him. Not a, not a pleasant guy. Really? What does he have to be crabby about? No. Nothing. No. Zero. Millions of dollars. Yeah. He gets to play with Joe Walsh. I mean, why, why would he be crabby? I don't get it. But anyway, if you haven't seen it, it's, I highly recommend it. It's, and I had forgotten what a great singer is. Sadly, you know, she's still alive, and they interview her at the, in her current state, but she's suffering from Parkinson's and can't sing anymore. Oh. But How they, old is she? She's not she's, terribly old. I'd say she's probably 71 or 2. Linda Ronstadt? Yeah. 73. 73. Mm-hmm. But wow. they had a clip God. of her, and I didn't know she did Pirates of Penzance. Sarah's a big mm-hmm. musical fan, and they had a clip of her singing with, uh, uh, what's his name, Kevin Klein, uh, Kevin Klein, who was played the lead role. She's singing flat-out opera in this thing. I'm like, holy Oh, she can sing, crap. yeah, for sure. Really, really talented, and she has a very interesting take on 
what's wrong with rock stardom and being male dominated and screwing up images. It, she, it's very interesting. Highly recommend it. I think you get the point. <laughs> I can, yes, we do definitely get the point. And that just, it all works out in the end. Tom, do you think Doug liked it? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly true. Can I, I get t- a I will tell you this. hammer? <laughs> Back in the day, again, when I was in the in the record business, Linda Ronstadt was the hottest, uh, you know, singer out there. And she's a very pretty woman. I don't mean that kind of hot, but she was a very pretty woman. Hottest thing out there. You used to see the record guys line up to drive her to the airport. Oh, no, I bet. It was, it was hilarious. It's like, what you guys say? Yeah, yeah, you're going to end up married to Linda Ronstadt once you calm down. You never know. So the, well, I suppose. The summer I got out of high school was 76, and there was a gal a year behind me, and we dated a little bit, and she says, hey, Linda Ronstadt's at the state fair. I got tickets. Do you want to go? I'm like, yeah, you know, I wasn't really into her. and hadn't paid that close attention, but I went anyway. I was a huge fan coming out of the, the concert. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh that's you, that, and you can do that. And, you know, it was like a 90-minute tour de force. Yeah, she's a very, very talented woman, great singer, sang with a lot of emotion, and now she can't sing at all. That's terrible. Yeah. That stuff should not happen, as a matter of fact. But it's That's really, really sad. What? We shall take a break and be right back in just a couple of minutes with the final quarter. Uh, coming up next with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's resolution sale. Do what I did and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. With the help of Ultimate, I lost 41 pounds and another 42 pounds in each of my two 40-day programs. Debbie P. from Anoka lost 31 pounds in 43 days. Cheryl S. of Webster lost 36 pounds in 43 days. And Ron D. from Lakeville lost 57 pounds in just 43 days. Live your healthiest life starting today. Schedule an immediate consultation and receive 20 to 30% off all programs for a limited time. Call Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. 763-333-7337. 763-333-7337. All right, fellas, this will be a 10-minute segment because the first one was a 20-minute segment. Right? Right. I just wanted to make sure that you guys understood that. So we'll be right at 1 o'clock, which would be cool. Uh, Roger Waters is up to something big again, and he's bringing it to the biggest arena in Minnesota. The Pink Floyd, uh, Pink Floyd co-founder has confirmed an August 25th stop at Target Center and has newly announced this is not a drill tour, which will feature a hi-fi in the round uh, stage at half court. It's on my mother's birthday, August 20th. She would have been, matter of fact, the day he hits the stage, she would have been 100 years old. 
Tickets go on sale next Friday, January 31st. So what's this all about? Fans who were shocked, shocked, I say, that the always outspoken rock legend included some political messaging in his Us versus Them, or Us Plus Them tour stop at XL in 2017. Um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people I know would never go see him again because he was so, so anti-George W. Bush. And there was really no reason to be anti-George W. Bush. Was there? I don't know. I, I like reason I said, to be anti any president, but it depends suppose, on if you're anti-certain presidents or anti-all presidents. Hey, people get mad at Obama because he wore a beige suit at a press conference. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. But, I mean, he, he had, you know, the pig, the Floyd, Pink Floyd pig. You know, mm-hmm. the floating the, the the pig balloon around the pig's anus was George W. Bush. You know, it's That's like, come on, you limey bastard. <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, Yoko. <laughs> I love that so much. I can't get over that. I just love it. Anyway, Dougie, so what what else is happening? Well, I've just got to, I have a couple car stories, but this just showed up on my phone. Jim Lair, uh, PBS news anchor, is dead at 85. He was the McNeil Lair oh. guy, right? McNeil Lair, yeah, absolutely. McNeil, he's uh, he was eighty-five, yeah. uh, halfway decent life. Not eighty-five uh, is not that old anymore, unfortunately. No, as we get or older, 40, it gets yeah. it gets amazingly younger. <laughs> it does, I have no doubt about that. You know, it's, so I've got I've got some auction do? news actually. So um, you know, dealers buy cars at auto auctions all the time, but we're buying used Corolla, so on and so forth. And there's a couple of companies that sell. Very unusual, hard-to-find cars, so on and so forth. One of them is Meekum, and two weeks ago at a Meekum auction, the actual car that Steve McQueen drove in Bullet, it's called the yeah. Bullet Mustang, sold for $3.2 million. Jeez. Now, it, the family, uh, the guy that, that owned it uh, passed away and his family kept it. He bought it in the early 70s. There was an, art, there was an ad in the back of Road and Track for 3200 bucks. Jeez. What? That's a markup. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, he had to hold it for 50 years, but that's not a bad yeah. investment. No. Now no, the, no, not a bad investment. The other big auction house is Barrett-Jackson, and they just had their, their largest auction of the year in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's a four-day event. It just, it, it, Oddly enough, when Sarah and I first started going out, I was watching Barrett-Jackson, and she goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching an auto auction. And she says, well, don't you do that for a living? And I said, yeah, but not this. These are really cool cars. And she, she sat down, and now she's hooked, so we watch it every year. The very first, the 2020 Corvette that we've talked about, uh, this is a, uh, the first year for this new style, which is totally revolutionary because it's mid-engine. Corvettes were, have been front-engine vehicles since 1953. Rick Hendrick, who is a former NASCAR driver, he also is a big car dealer. He has a, uh, a car dealer group of, I think, about 70 dealerships. Uh, the, and the car, the window sticker on, this is serial number 0001, 2020 Corvette. It's got a window sticker of about $80,000. Take a guess what Rick paid for it. Hmm. Guess. $5 million. Now you're a little high. He paid three. <laughs> Only three. three million? Yep. Wow. So oh, what a bargain. here's the cool thing, though. The car was owned by General Motors, and this happens uh, frequently uh, with 
with those you know serial number one and two collectible cars they always wow. auction them off the highest bidder and then general motors takes took all the money and they donated to charity which is common so the three million dollars wow. went to the detroit uh, children's fund which is really cool it's i think every you know these are really really big businesses and they are in business to make as much money as as possible and return value to the investors but they also have a charitable arm too and it's kind of it, i think it's cool to shine a little light on those guys for doing that, that so is. three million bucks no from general motors to a children's fund in detroit there you have it ladies and gentlemen that that is i look i i love cars like that you know that that bullet that now ford makes like a, a bullet edition oh yeah ford's figured out ways to cash in on every famous car that's ever been made so yeah there's the bullet model <laughs> and go. then the one from yeah is it either gone in 60 seconds uh the eleanor uh, mustang they've made you know, mm. recreations of those and yeah they'll sell as many as they can get their hands on god unbelievable that's that's terrific i gotta read a story to you guys because it just shows where we're headed in this world because i first of all it's so sad that you can't even take the blue line from the Mall of America home anymore uh, because you're going to get assaulted, you know. But, but the reason I want to read you this story because of the stats, a verbal altercation between two men on the Metro Blue Line early Thursday escalated into a fight that ended with a fatal stabbing. Oh, the men began sparring as a northbound train left the Mall of America station about 1 o'clock in the morning. They exchanged words, which led to a physical fight. At one point, one of the men pulled a knife, stabbed the other. The man died. The suspect has previous convictions for assault, criminal sexual conduct, and disorderly conduct. The suspect is a 67-year-old man. Now we got 67-year-old men at 1 o'clock in the morning stabbing people to death. What are we doing that's gotten people so crazy? That is nuts. Isn't that nuts? Well, 1 o'clock in the morning, that probably means alcohol was involved. Yeah, they weren't coming back from Bible study. They were not coming back from Bible study. You're absolutely right. Oh, speaking of that, Doug, i got to do a reveal for you. We're in the same club now. Did you know that? You're on your third marriage? <laughs> <laughs> Not that yeah, club. Catherine Sorry. wishes. Which club is that, Tom? <laughs> uh, the Episcopal Club. Really? Oh, my God. What, yeah, we've been it? going to well, no, it. We got. Sorry. What? I have a, mom is what? I have a text message conversation with mom that I've been sharing with my friends because it's just so Thank weird. Thank you for trying to air. humiliate me. That's what wonderful. Well, I was at your new house meeting the security guy and mm-hmm. she text messages me another buyer <laughs> came in yesterday and is coming back today they're very excited interestingly i was talking to god and said please give me a sign if you want us to go to the episcopal church that can't be mistaken <laughs> so if they buy the house we're episcopalian Oh, so, <laughs> oh my gosh. I was so like, which which church have you been attending? It's, it's way deeper than this. It's well, deeper than a text message. It was we, just the gist. When we move, it'll be St. Stephen. Oh, okay. Our our good friend was the rector there. He's now retired. And Sarah and I were asked to play at a funeral there, and it was the coolest funeral that I've ever been involved in. It's a great she, church. Yeah. She was dying of brain cancer, and she was a musician. Oh. She was active in the church, and so she wrote her whole service. And I looked at the music that we were playing, and it's it's all over the map. I'm like, 
a crazy person put this together, but when we sat down and played it, some were, you know, the traditional choir parts, and then there was like uh, really weird music and orchestral stuff, and then Sarah did a duet with a guy, and it was, it was, it was really moving and just fabulous. So that's a beautiful church, and welcome to the club. So for those of you that don't understand the Episcopalian church, it's, it's populated by Catholics mostly. It's half yeah. the guilt and twice the fun. Well, okay. So there what is go. so is it like Catholicism? So here's what Lutheranism, Episcopalian. No, no, no. no, no like, we're we're up there. So as, no, I mean as far as like <laughs> no, as far as like intensity. Oh, I mean, and like well, some Episcopal churches can be. It, the Anglican Church uh, was started by Henry VIII for two reasons. Okay. He, he didn't under he well. wanted to be able to get divorced because he didn't understand he was the reason that he was having girl children, right? Oh, yes. And he hated the Pope because he was, you know, in contact, they were in, in competing to run the world. So basically they took the whole Catholic playbook and then they just kicked out the Pope part. So what's the difference <laughs> That's between pretty much Lutheran it, yeah. and Episcopalian? Not that not much, really. Yeah, they sound like the same thing. <laughs> um, just not Martin, Martin Luther? Uh, so, well... Um, so Episcopalian branched off from the Anglican Church, right? Yeah. The Anglican Church is functionally Catholic, just... No Pope. No Pope, like he said. Yeah. And there, it's a little more freewheeling. Okay. So that's why he's like twice the fun. Yeah. Um, and the, the Episcopal yeah, Church just, in, in America yeah. is pretty liberal, although yeah. in Africa it's not at all. No. It's very, very conservative. Right. Yeah. I would imagine. Right. Um, and uh, Meghan Markle, the guy that married her at uh, Westminster, is the... Episcopal Bishop of the U.S., Michael Curry. The black dude. There you go. The black dude. There you That's have real it. Nice. The black dude. That's going to do it, Dougie. All right. Well, the, what an interesting conversation. Yeah. Anorexia, anorexia and uh, Catholicism. Episcopalian. You, A never, cars. you never know what you're going to hear on Car Selling Secrets. We'll be back <laughs> next week. Uh, I think Mick Sterling of Mick Sterling and the Stud Brothers is coming in. Ooh, that's cool. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Have a marvelous day. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.